morning, Ascent friends and family. So good to see all of you. Like uh, Bill said, my name is Maurice. I have the awesome opportunity of working with high school students here. Uh, some of you, you, if you've been here one time or two times, you've probably seen me. Actually, I know you've seen me because I've realized in the month of being or the year of being here, it's hard to miss me in Boulder County. That's just a reality. It's just a reality. It's all good. It's just a reality. We're all family. We're all family. Uh, a year ago, me and my wife moved out here uh, from California and um, this is my wife, Aisha, beautiful wife, Aisha. Yes, yes. Oh, Aisha, so cute. Awesome, awesome. But as everyone knows, everybody has another side of them, right? Here's another side of Aisha right here. Check this out. Boo, yow. Wow. Goofy, right? I posted this on social media and somebody was like, you got the right one because she knows how to clean her own plate. Look at that right there. She knows how to eat and clean her own plate. So that's my wife. We've been here about a year. Uh, we're coming up on our second year anniversary in September. We're going to the Dominican Republic for our anniversary. Now I have to give some you know, clarity around that. Jim, two weeks ago, has to give clarity around him going to uh, London and you know, Belgium and all these different places. Uh, he saved up like 17 years worth of credit card points. I saved up enough brownie points with mother-in-law that we're using her credit card, right? <laughs> Mother-in-law's out there. There we go. Thank you, mother-in-law. There it is. So we're using mother-in-law's credit, po- uh, credit card points, and we're going to go ahead and go to the Dominican Republic. So we're so excited. We've been, uh, like I said, we're young. We're a second year of marriage. And so some of you have been in this position where the kid talk starts coming about, the kid's conversation, right? You start kind of like, you know, how many you're going to have you want and how many they want. You know, you're kind of like having a little, kind of like throwing your numbers out. I got two. I got two. No, no, I got four. I got four, right? You, you're kind of throwing your numbers around. Um, I got to be honest. I'm the stereotypical guy. Give me the baseball team. I wanted the whole dugout, right? I know some people are looking at me like, you fool. Don't you even, right? I understand. I understand. But right now, that's where my head is. I'm on this side of the fence. Line them up from tallest to shortest. I want the baseball team. It doesn't matter. Natural birth, adoption from Japan, Africa. Give me the United Nations sitting at my table, baby. I want that. That's my legacy right there. So we've been having conversations around kids, you know, the kid talk. And so it's been an amazing thing. And so here's this one thing, though. I've learned a few things being here at Ascent, uh, working with parents, uh, working with students. And so one thing stuck out in particular, though, this uh, family came up to us. Their, you know, mother's coming up. They're holding their kids' hands. Uh, Pops is coming along on the other side of the kids, and they're coming up to us. And they're like, oh, you know, where are you guys from? We're like, we're from California. We've been here about a year. And so, I mean, awesome, awesome. Where are you guys staying at? We're staying in Louisville. Oh, so sweet. Awesome. How long have you guys been married? I'm like, two years. We're going to Dominican Republic in September. We're coming up on our second year anniversary. This all, she's kind of looking like, oh, he still kind of knows the day. Sweet, innocent. Look at that, right? Uh, <laughs> look at how innocent he is, right? And so she keeps on going. It's like, oh, awesome. You are enjoying your time? I'm like, yes, we really are enjoying our time here. Awesome, awesome. You guys have any kids? I'm like, no, it's just me and Aisha. And here it is. Watch this. Here it is. She's like holding her kid's hands, stares at me straight in the face. Take your time. <laughs> no, listen, take your time. I'm like... Whoa, lady, all right. Jeez, uh, right? Kind of just stuck out to me. Uh, it was kind of like shocking, but also like noted. Got that down in my notebook right there. 
Definitely going to definitely take note of that right there. Uh, so it's been an amazing time here, me and my wife being here. And so some of you have been coming here, and uh, you guys have seen uh, us uh, operate and all been, be around with high school students and things like that. And so, like I said, for now, since we're kind of, you know, the lady kind of struck me and stunned me when it came to kids, for now, all we do for, you know, Christmas time or Thanksgiving, Easter, whatever it may be, we pick up random kids and take family photos right here. Booyah, baby. Random kids, family photos. That's all it is. That looks like my daughter right there, right? It's not. It's just pick up random kids and now take family photos. So this is a disclaimer that this could be your kid. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. Your kid could be on a photo, uh, a family photo of me and Aisha sending a postcard back home to our family, right? <laughs> That's it. Sounds a little creepy. I know. Just, just stick with me. So yes, that is me and my wife. We've been here, and it's been an amazing time to work with high schoolers and to be uh, in the lives of high schoolers. And so this year that we've been here is such an amazing time. We just hit a year, and so it's been amazing. Uh, I'm going to get into this morning. A few of you have been coming for the past few weeks, and we've been talking about Jesus' favorite things to talk about. We've noticed that in the Bible, Jesus says a few things more often than, than he says other things. And so we wanted to dive in and see what that looked like. The first week, one of our pastors named Chris Sturgeon talked about money and what, how Jesus views money. And then the last past two weeks, our, our, our other pastor named Jim has been talking about the kingdom of God and what it looks like for the kingdom of God. I believe that this entire series has been a winding road leading, up us, leading us up into this point, to this conclusion of the entire series. But before I jump into that, um, we're going to listen to uh, what Mark has to say. Mark is this guy who's been following Jesus. He's been writing down what Jesus says, following Jesus, writing down what he says, following Jesus, writing down what he says. And before we get into that, I'm going to pray real quickly, and then we're going to dive into this morning, Jesus' favorite thing to talk about. Jesus, thank you so much for bringing us here this morning. Do amazing things amongst us this morning. We rely on your Holy Spirit and thank you for all that you do. Amen. So I want to tell a quick story that's going to help me segue into what I believe Jesus wants us to hear this morning. There's this story, you know, there's this article that I was reading and it's talked about snowboarding and skiing and it talked about avalanches and things like that. And it talked about, yeah, I got to prep myself, right? You know what's going on in Colorado, whatever it may be, right? So this uh, article was talking about avalanches and the amount of deaths that take place because of avalanches and the whole statistics. It broke it down, really. And it actually had a portion of it that talked about what to do in an avalanche situation. Because what researchers were finding out was people, when they got covered in all the snow and things like that, they would dig the opposite direction that they were supposed to, right? So they were digging down thinking they were going up. And some were going up thinking that they were going down. So it was this whole opposite type of thing. And so there there was this article that was talking about that. And so what they're saying is, because one researcher uh, found out that one person dug 30 feet deeper trying to get out of the avalanche. Crazy. So what they, what they said was, this is how you're supposed to get out of an avalanche right here. So you get your hand free. So to move the snow or whatever that's right in front of your mouth, make a little gap, and you're supposed to spit, right? And it's, if it comes back and smacks you in the face, a little gross, but if it comes back, smacks you in the face, you're in the right direction. Keep digging. If you spit and it doesn't come back, you got to do some readjustments, whatever it may be, and then you start digging. Before we move forward any further, we got to realize what just happened. Jesus is already working miracles amongst us. You guys have an African-American male from Southern California teaching you about avalanches. Jesus is already working, right? You got to keep up with mysterious ways, baby. He's working in mysterious ways already, right? 
So I'm going to keep moving forward, but I have to take note of that, right? I'm teaching you about avalanches. Oh, the irony, right? So, so in this situation, these people are digging down, thinking they're going up, and some were digging up, thinking that they were going down. And this is a reflection of what I like to call the upside-down kingdom of God. Jim talked about the kingdom of God, but I want to just give it a real, just kind of rephrase that name. It's an upside-down kingdom of God. And I take note of that because one of Jesus' favorite things is here right in Mark. Mark is this guy who's been following Jesus. He's writing down what he sees, and he says these words. These are Jesus' words. And he says, calling the disciples and the crowd, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Jesus says some strong words here. And the reason I bring up upside down kingdom is because a lot of what Jesus says is countercultural in that day and in this day. It's countercultural to what we're used to, to what even society kind of tells us to do, right? It's just kind of go with the flow, go with whatever you want, you know, whatever you desire. And Jesus is saying, actually deny yourself. He's actually saying some strong words here. And we got to be careful because sometimes in society, there's these messages and they're subtle, you know, and some, you know, you kind of laugh at it or chuckle at it, but sometimes it's like there's a danger in getting too close to it. Here's one, check this out. Like I said, and I want to preface this with, hey, I have an occasional Sprite all the time. Whatever person, every company that I bring up, I enjoy. So it's not, don't misread what I'm saying. But there's little, you know, slogans. Obey your thirst. Obey your thirst. Here's another one that I was looking up. Hungry? Grab a Snickers, baby. Snicker fans? Come on. I'm a Snickers fan. I'm a Snickers fan. All of that. Here's another one. The classic one. Burger King, baby. Have it your way. These subtle messages that society continues to kind of like let us know or, you know, kind of just say or these slogans. These are cool slogans, you know, and awesome because we're living in a day and age where customized orders are amazing, right? You get your orders customized. You go to Chipotle. I want this. I don't want that. I want this. I don't want that. Chips and guac. Ring me up. Boom. I got it. That's it. it customized orders. They're, they're, they're awesome. And the danger in it, though. It's sometimes that we can bring what society says to do into the upside down kingdom of God. And what Jesus is saying this morning is so upside down and so countercultural that it actually is a, some strong language of denying yourself and to lose your life, right? And I feel like we can sum up this entire series with these words, lose your life. I believe that Jesus wants us to lean in because we can get so close to what society says that we try to bring it over to the upside down kingdom of God. I was researching and doing, looking at all these pictures and there was one that went viral and all these people, you know, made comments and laughed at it, whatever it may be. But here's another one right here. Check this out. Somebody made this one. The church have it your way. Woo. Right. It's, you know, kind of chuckle maybe, but at the same time, it's like, there's some fine line there. I believe that Jesus hits on this in the book of Mark. Mark is writing this account. There's so many people that are following Jesus. Jesus is doing some amazing things, right? He's healing people. He's raising people from the dead. He's turning water into wine. He's doing all these things. He's loving people that people aren't really loving anymore. He's caring for those that are marginalized. He's doing some amazing things and starts to get some notoriety. So people start following him. People start liking him. 
And so he gets this crowd around him, and I believe that Jesus wants to make, take care of this moment and says, you know what, I got this crowd around me, but I got to say something. I want to let you guys know what it looks like to truly follow me. That in the upside down kingdom of God, it's not always going to be, a, it's actually, it's not a picky way. It's not a have it your way. He's actually very clear of what it looks like to follow him. And so what I want to kind of hit on, because some of us, sometimes we can look at this, and I want to make mention that the kingdom of God is this, and it's also not this. Some of you are like, all right, now you're sounding a little hypocritical, right? Because you just said it's not this. I want to make a little emphasis on this because it is this, but it's also not this. It's not this in the sense that we get to define what it looks like to follow Jesus. We don't get to define what it looks like to follow Jesus. But it is this because some of you are in this room and you're like, well, what about me? Because I am that person who's saying, ah, I'm with the worship thing, but I'm not with the baptism. I'll take prayer, but don't, I don't want to hear anything about, you know, the subject of hell or heaven. I'll, I'll take this, but I'll leave that. What about that person? Maybe that's you in this room today and you're wondering, am I excluded? Because I do have those kind of like thoughts in my mind of I want this and I don't want that. No, you're actually welcome. I was reading the Bible in this same chapter, Mark chapter 8, verse 34. He says these words right here, calling the disciples and the crowd. Jesus was not a guy that just called people who knew him. He didn't just call people who were familiar with him, who stayed with him on a day-to-day basis. He actually said, I'm calling the, the, the disciples and the crowd. He continued to call those who were wanted the picky way, but also said, I'm going to be not the picky way. And he continues to call. And what I love about Jesus is that his call is not a one-time call. His call is not a one-time call. I'm going to say it a third time because it's just that good. His call is just not a one-time call. Jesus continues to call us. No matter who you are in here today, Jesus is calling you to a greater purpose, to a greater mission. I can only think about the, uh, the, some of the disciples. We look at them and sometimes I feel like we can, to a fault, put them on a pedestal. But what Jesus actually does is we see in, in the life of Thomas, there's this guy named Thomas. He's, they call him Doubting Thomas in the Bible. I can only imagine the first week Jesus called him, he's all for it. Two weeks, late, two weeks later, he's like, I'm doubting that. I don't really know about that, Jesus. And Jesus continues to call him and continues to encourage him to lose his life. Thomas, I know you're doubting me, dude, but I need you to lose your own agenda. Lay down your agenda right now. Follow me, dude. I know, I know you're having some tough struggles believing this or not believing that, but lay down your agenda. I think of Matthew who made tons of money being a tax collector and Jesus saying, hey, dude, I know it's enticing. You want to go back. Some of you may be in the room same, the same way as Matthew where, hey, you know, I want to go back to that job. I want to go back to making that money, whatever it may be. And I can t- continue to see Jesus say, hey, lose your life for me. I have greater for you. Lose your own agenda for me. I believe Jesus' words in his upside down kingdom is so amazing because it gives us and provides us with better. The interesting thing is we have our own kingdoms, right? 
And then there's Jesus' upside down kingdom. What he says is so countercultural and even counterintuitive. It's not like us to deny ourselves. I got a belly. I don't really deny myself all the time, right? It's one of those things. It's not in us to deny ourselves. It's not in us to lay aside our own will. But there's this upside down kingdom that Jesus continues to call us to. And it's so opposite of our own kingdoms. I say that because Jesus says things like, bless those who persecute you. In Maurice's kingdom, whoa, bless those who persecute you. I don't take that route, you know. I smack those who persecute you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Kind of just kidding, right? He says, pray for those who do wrong to you. Look at these words that he's calling us into because it's not in us for someone to do us wrong. And then we start praying for them. But Jesus' kingdom is upside down, and he continues to call us into a place where we lay aside our own agenda and our own will. And there's always a wrestling of the two kingdoms, right? There's always a wrestling. And I got to be honest, it's a day-to-day thing, even for myself. I believe for everyone, there's a wrestling with laying aside your own agenda and picking up Jesus's. For me, I don't always say the right things. I don't always say the right things to my wife. I don't always do the right things. I don't always lead the right way. There's some tough times and tough moments on a day-to-day basis where I come to this crossroad of picking up my will or picking up Jesus' will. And he continues to say these words, lose your life for me because I have greater for you. What I love about Jesus and his life is that he did not just declare it, he demonstrated it. He did not just declare these words. He actually demonstrated these words. I see this in uh, Philippians 2. Philippians 2, read this right here. Check this out. He demonstrated these words. Though he, this is Jesus, was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus did not just declare these words. He demonstrated this. And it's much easier for me to follow a person who's actually walked in the shoes that they're calling me to walk into myself. He's actually lived a life that was rough, that was not full of comfort, not full of convenience, And what the upside down kingdom looks like is this right here. I like to put it this way. By the way, this is Jim's, you know, flip chart. If you guys know Pastor Jim, this is his whole flip chart right here. For those of you who are young and you're just, you know, you're under, you're working for a company or something like that. Whatever your boss loves, you love equals job security right there. That's it right there, right? Whatever your boss loves, you love as well. Here we go. So check this out. This is cool, though, because it says, though he, Jesus, was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Watch this. Here it is. But emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, being found in human form, humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus is actually jumping down the stairs of a descending staircase. And for us, Maurice's kingdom says, hop the stairs and get to the top. That's Maurice's kingdom. 
But Jesus actually takes the approach of descending and becoming, of uh, continuing each step of his life, laying down his life, losing his life for the will of his father, losing his own agenda. Jesus had an agenda that he wanted when you look at the Bible of Jesus in the garden. He's praying to his dad saying, let this cup pass from me. And what that simply means is I don't want to die on a cross. So dad, if this could, if there's any other route, please let me take that other route. But he doesn't stop there. He says, but if this is your will, if this is what you want me to do, it's not comfortable. It's not convenient. It's not an easy road. But if you're calling me to it, I know you're going to be with me through it. And so if you're there with me, I'm going to accept your will. And the amazing thing is that God does not just call us to lose our life and lay down our own agenda. But in verse 9, look at this right here, the beauty of it. It says, therefore, God also highly exalted Jesus. Therefore, God highly exalted Jesus. Do we see the upside downness in this, that, that the way that Jesus took was not fight to the top? fight to, you know, move people aside and kick people off the stair ladder so that I can get to the top. He actually humbled himself and he walked in the very shoes that he's calling all of us to step into. Me and my wife, we actually watch this show. It's an ER show. It's an ER show that's called uh, um, Night Shift. There it is. That's why your wife's on the front row, baby. You love it, right? It's called Night Shift. And it's this highlighted, just, you know, what it looks like to be in the emergency room. Some of you are doctors and nurses, and you've been in the emergency room. Wow. It's some pretty tough things that go on. And this show, actually, it doesn't pan the camera away from what's happening. I'm like, oh, my gosh, babe, did we just watch that right now? Like, it's just sometimes it has some graphic scenes. I'm not going to graphic this morning, but it has some scenes that's real. And one in particular uh, episode, it was this woman who, you know, she had got cut on the side. And it was a deep cut, and they had to actually go in and take some of her organs out. And I was like, gosh, babe, this is rough right here. This is, this is tough. But he, they, take, she take, they take some of the organs out, and they, they know they're doing all this digging. They're doing all this evacuating of the organs. And it's like, gosh, babe, this is, whoo, this is intense, right? But the amazing thing is you keep watching, and they don't leave her like that. They actually replace it with better. They replace what was inside of her that was contaminated or so the things that were, you know, just gone wrong. They replaced it with better. That episode reminded me so much of Jesus when he calls us to step into this life, this greater mission to lay aside our own agenda. He doesn't say just lose your life and lay aside your agenda for no reason. He has better for you. And he's calling us to step into this life because there is something on the other side that he wants to bless us with, that he wants to in, replace and put in our own lives. And I see it, Paul puts it in these words right here. I believe Jesus replaces our lives when we begin to lay down our own wills time and time again. He replaces our lives. And it says right here, I believe the life that continues to lay down and we set aside our agenda here it says this, the spirit of God produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And I just want to insert right there, when we continue to lose our own agenda, I believe we'll see love 
and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I look at that list and I look to myself like, well, I got a few of those. Then I had to remind myself, it's the Maurice's kingdom kind of self-control. It's the Maurice's kingdom kind of patience, right? The patience that I'm with you until you get on my last nerve, right? I'm with you, you know, I'll stick with you, you know, if you're on my second to last nerve. But if you're on my last nerve, then my patience is run dry. This is Maurice's kind of kindness. This is the Maurice kingdom kind of gentleness. And what I believe Jesus wants to replace in our lives when we continue to lay aside our own will, lay aside our agenda. And I believe that he replaces in us things like this. That is love that is unconditional, patience that is unconditional, self-control that is unconditional. He wants to replace our life with a life that is on the other side. It's going to be full of abundance. It's full of love. It's full of gentleness and self-control. And he continues to call us and call us and call us. And what I love about Jesus, his call is not a one-time call. He actually continues to call us even when we mess up. He continues to call Thomas and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are just the Bible names, but I've learned from firsthand experience that he also continues to call Maurice. He continues to call Maurice. There's been a time in my own life where there's been months and months where I didn't want to have anything to really do with God. I was just kind of done with it. I would go to hotel rooms, open the drawer with the Bible in and just slam it just because. I just didn't even want anything to do with God. If I sneezed, I don't even want people saying, God bless you. I just didn't want anything to do. Like, I just was done. I was kind of burnt out. I didn't really want anything to do with it. But there's these different moments as I look back that God continued to call me. And sometimes I would look, but what about God? I'm, I'm in my mess right now. I continue to fall to the same sin. I continue to struggle with this same thing. And, and I kind of just turn my back to you, and he's still calling us. He continued to call Maurice, 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 get back up. I know you fell, but get back up. And he continued to call me in my own personal life, even past my struggles, even past my faults. God's love did not hinder. I want to tell a quick story, and then I'm going to get out your way. There's this guy named Charles Gibson. Charles Gibson has a mother named Shirley. They grew up in Compton, California, and during the 70s. Rough time period, a lot of negative influences around them during that time period. Shirley was married to a man that didn't really want anything to do with church. And so he would do other things on Sundays. So when she got up, she would have to lay down her life and lose her own agenda and walk miles and miles and miles to church. Walk miles and miles and miles to church, Sunday in and Sunday out. Sunday in and Sunday out. One of her boys was Charles Gibson. She continued to invest in her child's life, laying down her own agenda. Later on, Charles didn't make all the right decisions, but growing up, he started to have seeds sown in his life of his mother laying down her life and losing her own agenda and walking with him through tough decisions, through bad decisions. She stayed right there with him. Charles later on began to take this on, the same spirit, and begin to realize, I want to try this Jesus thing out and see what it's all about. He started to invest and lay down his own life for young men, 
young men who, who were struggling with character flaws. Charles went on to plant a church and shepherd families, and he continued to walk with those young men, even when those young men were having character issues and relationship issues and struggling with the same thing over and over, he stayed right there with them. And one of those young men that Charles hung in there with to the very end and even to today was me, Maurice. And because of those moments that he stuck with me, I continued to think about that. And around 19 years old, I took that same spirit on myself. And I said, I want to continue to lay down my life and actually lose my own agenda for that of the greater will of God. And I began to help out and work with teenage students, teenagers who are in desperate need, going through tough times when it comes to anxiety and depression and all these other things. And I began to work with teenage students and have such a love for that generation of teenage students that each day I continue to lose my own will and lose my own agenda for someone else. I don't always get it right. Till today, I've taken that on. And I wake up and I realize and I think to myself, there was Shirley who invested in Charles. And Charles who laid down his agenda for Maurice. And I think to myself, Maurice, you're waking up. You don't want to do these certain things. But who are you losing your life for? Who in your life, whose story are you impacting? Who are you lay aside, laying aside your own agenda in your own kingdom? Who are you laying that aside for? And each day it begins to get me going. It begins to motivate me of the young men that I can walk with even through their issues. Even through the tough times of life, of family, of finances, whatever it may be. Some of you, you've been wondering, you've been wondering what it looks like to be called. God's been nudging you. Even in the area of teenagers, can I let you know that this is the biggest opportunity and the best chance to rescue a generation of students and to be there with them with no agenda, but just be there. Some of you have actually had that nudge of wanting to be in the life of a young lady. And if you're a young lady and you're just saying, if I could just get a hold of a young lady and walk with her for just a year and let her know that she is enough. Makeup won't do it. Other things won't do it. Relationships won't do it. She's enough already. Some of you are wondering, as a young man, you're wondering, if I can get a hold of a guy and let him know, hey, dude, I know you're running around from relationship to relationship. And it's kind of cool to your friends. But if I can let you know and walk with you day by day and let you know that that's not the way to go about it. Some of you are thinking about that. And I want to just let you know that Jesus is calling every single one of us to step into another area of life, to step into what he calls the upside down kingdom. And that's not the easiest thing, right? I'm not always big when it comes to, you know, the comfort. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm just like you. I want to go the direction of being comfortable and the convenience And I work with high school students who love hiking and night hikes and guys, oh my goodness. I'm not the biggest component of a 14er. Let's go 14 it, right? That's not me. I don't know many people that's like me that does that. I don't know. It's just something that's different, a cultural difference there. But then I'm like, you know what? Let's step into this because God's not calling us to a place of comfort and convenience And some of you are just trying this thing out called Christendom, called church. I want to let you know there's some beautiful things about God. Some things that you don't want to miss out on. But is it an easy easy road? Not at all. Will you have to deny yourself? Yes, of course. 
Will you fall in trying to attempt to deny yourself? Yes. I'm a big component. I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm not a big fan, but I'm a big person that always does that as well. But he continues to call because the call of God is not a one-time call. And some of us have gotten in a rhythm where it's like, yeah, well, I support a missionary, you know, and I, you know, help out at the shelter every now and then. And we've gotten into a rhythm of, yeah, I do that. I go outside my way a few, you know, every now and then. I got my schedule and it's here, here, there. And I'm not saying it's guaranteed for you, but maybe God is calling you a little bit further. Maybe God is calling you to take another step extra to fill that dis-ease, to fill that, that not-so-comfortable space, because that is the life that Jesus is calling us to. And I believe that every single one of you can step into that life, because every single day it is a process to step into the upside-down kingdom that God is calling us to. The band is going to sing a song, and I want you guys to really listen to these words. I feel like it really emphasizes the upside-down kingdom that God is continuing to call us into, this greater mission. And he doesn't just call us to lay aside our will for no reason. He actually calls us to lay aside our will and our agenda because the agenda that he has for you, for you and for me is beyond our imagination, beyond what we could think, ask, or even dream of. And I guarantee you it's a life that you won't regret. I'm going to pray, but I want you guys to really think about these words that are going to be shown on the screen when they start singing that song. God, I thank you so much for all that you're doing in our lives. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you're starting to speak to us in our hearts and in our souls. I believe that you are calling us to a space where it may not be comfortable, and it goes against our own kingdom. It's, it's this wrestling day in and day out against our own kingdom. But you yet and still call us to it. I thank you for the call and I thank you for not giving up on us. I thank you for continuing to call our names, calling us by name. We appreciate you so much for all that you do. And this morning as those words are being sung over every one of us. Let us be reminded of the upside-down kingdom that is opposite of what we like to do. It's counterintuitive. It's not our nature to do the things that you're calling us to. But yet you promise that you'll be there with us every step of the way. You've even gone the extent of stepping in the shoes already. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.